Welcome to the show. This is you, me, them, everybody live. My name is Brandon Weatherby. We're going to do a talk show. A talk show is when people see people in costumes and they decide to talk on microphones because it's cheaper than therapy. We've been doing the talk show for a while. We usually do it in a bar, but I decided we should do a talk show in an art gallery because art galleries make everyone feel awkward. It doesn't matter uh, your station in life. You're either too young or too old. The art's too expensive or too cheap. You don't like the art on the wall or you're in love with it. No one is meant for art galleries, yet we all decide to go to them. It's the one place, like a movie theater, that kind of unites everyone in a very, very awkward way. I like art galleries because when you're 18 and you don't know about wine, that's your tasting circle. That's where you go every single first Friday of the month, whatever glorious city you're in. You go to an art gallery and figure out, hey, not a fan of Malbec. That's what I did. I actually curated an art gallery um, I, I got the job because uh, I have no experience curating art galleries. So they gave it to me, and it was fantastic. I got to pick like 35 of my favorite DC artists, and their art was beautiful. It ranged from like very cheap $10 screen prints to $10,000 sculptures, and pretty much everything sold. But the problem was I didn't have a theme. People would say, well, why, are you, why did you pick this? Why is this in the wall? I go, well, I liked it. And that was the mistake. I have to stop basing things on whether I like it or not because it's really based on the smell. Artists smell awful and if you're selling a piece for $1,000 you could afford deodorant. There's a CVS a block from here. I bought a stick of deodorant for a dollar. Even if the commission's 30%, that's $700 for deodorant and other beauty supplies. I'm glad that we're in this art gallery right now. It's very, very awkward. It looks like a 1982 porn. There's no other way to describe it. And this is just really awkward. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming. We're going to have a fantastic time in this very, very odd room sponsored by Bryce Young Things and Vitamin Water. Yes, Vitamin Water is the reason why we're all here. I'm going to introduce the guests soon. We have creator of the Pink Line Project, Philippa Hughes. Please put your hands together for Philippa. I know. We have stand-up comedy from Aaron Jackson, one of the funniest women in D.C. Please put your hands together for Aaron Jackson. And closing the show, we have music from Justin Jones. Please put your hands together for Justin Jones. Without further ado, I'm going to walk five feet to the left and sit at a desk. You, Me, Them, Everybody wants to thank you for listening and also for subscribing to us on iTunes. We can always use the extra support, though. So why don't you say something nice about us on iTunes? Go ahead. Give us a five-star rating. This type of thing helps us out a lot and doesn't cost you a dime. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the show. Coming to the stage, um, she's the creator of the Pink Line Project and an all-around amazing person, and uh, Washington, D.C. is lucky to have her. Coming to the stage, please put your hands together for Philippa Hughes, everybody. (laughs) Philippa Hughes, you are the creator of the Pink Line Project. Yes, I am. What is the Pink Line Project? Well, the Pink Line Project has a couple things going on. Um, We have a website that features every event in D.C. that's related to arts and culture, and we also write about the the events, trying to focus on sort of um, things that aren't 
normally featured like in the Washington Post or mm -hmm. the city paper, things that are kind of off the beaten path, just to show that there's so much going on here that is just, I mean, it's actually a pretty thriving creative community. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, I just worry that people think about it too much as a government town or a lobbying, you know, a place for lobbyists. What brought you to D.C.? I was a lobbyist. Exactly. <laughs> what were you a lobbyist for? Can we talk about this? Um, it's a little embarrassing. But and we should definitely talk about this. <laughs> um, I used to lobby on behalf of investment advisors. What does that mean? Um, it's not really. It's you were a lawyer, correct? And that turned into being a lobbyist. Yes, but, but it's really not that interesting. That's okay. To, but you are not a lawyer anymore. <laughs> no, in fact, I stopped paying my bar dues last year. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was awesome. Yeah, why it was, was liberating. Why did you decide to not be a lawyer anymore? Um. Because it was really boring, and um, and I was kind of going down this path that was so much more interesting. Yeah. And you know, I stopped. I was paying my bar dues for a long time without practicing law, thinking, "Oh, I'll have a fallback plan." That didn't work but out. That didn't, and, and you know, it was more. I stopped paying because I decided, you know what? Like, if I'm going to really commit myself to this new life, I have to get rid of the old. And you did commit yourself to this new life. Uh, when did the Pink Line Project begin? Um, technically it began in 2007, Okay. but it really didn't get rolling until a couple of years later, um, 2009. Why? What, what took the two years to get it rolling? Um, it, to be honest, partially because I was running it as sort of a, a hobby Okay. and it, it kind of kept growing. And so it was when it kind of hit a certain critical mass point that I realized, oh, maybe I should try to do something with this. Are you an artist? No, I am not. Then why are you doing this? <laughs> it's not a bad thing. People need you. It's a really good question. I um, hope. You know what? I, I have a good answer for that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an artist. I love art. I collect art. I'm, I'm around art a lot. But, um, you know, the kind of the way I see it is, you know, we have this sort of art world and art scene, and there are all these different legs of that. And you need each component. You need the artist. You need a gallerist. You need somebody to be a cheerleader for it. And, and so you that's are definitely my, a cheerleader. Yeah, for that. I feel like that's my role. That's I'm kind of. I felt like I was kind of good at that. So I might as well just do what I'm good at, and not try to make art, which I would not be good at. You've never tried to make art. No. <laughs> I, I have. I have tried to be a writer. Okay. Okay. So I guess in that respect. No, writers aren't artists. Okay. They're not artists. Okay. <laughs> How do you decide what you buy? Or how do you decide what you collect? Um, gosh. Well, it's a very gut feeling. Okay. It's a very gut feeling. Um, you know, a long time ago, I realized that you can't really buy art based on future value. Like, mm -hmm. people think, oh, they're going to find some amazing artist, and it's going to go up in value, and they're going to make tons of money. And I, I, I realized you can't actually do that. It's, kinda, it's actually worse than the stock market. Like, you just cannot predict there's an equal amount of coke in the art market as there is in the stock market. <laughs> Why do you think that Maybe is? More. Um, an equal amount of coke? Yeah. <laughs> drugs. Artists like drugs. Art can be a drug, actually. I feel addicted to it. What a political it, answer. <laughs> I feel very addicted. And I, I mean, I don't want to get off topic, but like, I do feel that same rush of enthusiasm when I'm like about to buy something and it's, it's pretty amazing. How do you maintain <laughs> enthusiasm as an adult? It's quite difficult. You know, um, that's a good question. You know, I have 
I read a lot about this actually because what, I what what I read about oh, I've actually like thought about this a lot. Okay. Yeah, because I think that people do lose their enthusiasm, yes. right? And so I was, I think the way to maintain that is like you're always trying something new and that's what's very cool about being in the art world is there's always an opportunity for something new and different and interesting. Well, speaking of something new and different and interesting, you recently had a artist living in your house. Yes. In a bubble. Yes. Like the boy in the plastic bubble bubble. Yeah, but it was a girl. It was a girl. Yeah. Okay. The bubble girl. Why? Why? Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually still kind of processing is that. Is she gone now? She is. She was only with me for a week. Okay. And um she it was an art project. Yeah. Um a performance art project. And she will have a, a show at Project Four Gallery in the fall, but I don't really even know what that's gonna be about yet. Why? Yeah. Um it was an exploration of the relationship between artist and collector. Okay. And obviously it was a very absurd way to yeah. explore that relationship. And it was very difficult. <laughs> would you do it again? No. Um, I would not do it again. <laughs> but I, I have actually thought of other permutations of it that are not quite as intrusive. Okay. <laughs> did you open your house up for people to see the bubble girl? I did. Okay. Yes. Um, and I don't think she was expecting that. But then I thought, you know what? If you're going to live with a person like me, you have to kind of know that people come over a lot. And they want to know about what's going on. Why do people come over a lot? I invite them. That's nice. <laughs> Did she smell bad? On Friday of that week, she smelled bad. How would you describe the smell? <laughs> um, it was a mixture of many things that emitted from one's body. You're very political. <laughs> You're in the right town. What's the goal of the Pinkland Project? Um, you know, I was thinking about how you were harping on how awkward art galleries are. Oh, yeah, they're weird. They're really super weird, and you're right. Yeah, um, And so one you of my... You validated me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, they're super awkward. And I found that when I first started collecting and being around art, and I thought, who, like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, the, you walk into this quiet gallery with white walls, and the gallery owner looks at you in this snooty way and won't answer your questions. And so that's actually why I started the Pink Line Project, to figure out a way to give people a way into this art world that's awesome without having to go through that process. Well, you're a very, very important person to this city and to the art community in whole. And um, the fact that you let a random person live in your house <laughs> says something about you. <laughs> you need better walls and barriers. <laughs> We're going to end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Question, an awful book by Gregory Stock. PhD. This is weird that we have cameras here. This is our 159th show and our first with cameras. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. <laughs> Here's the book. You could zoom in on a piece of crap. You could buy it on Amazon <laughs> for like a nickel. All right. I need you to pick a number between 43 and 240. Um, 74. 74. We're retiring the book this year. We are out of 74. You get 157. <laughs> All right, Philippa. If your grandparents didn't care whether you got good grades or not, would you be more upset? What is something you know more about than the kid who gets the best grades in your class? Um, well, one set of my grandparents is Asian, so they would be extremely upset with me um, if I didn't get A's in math and science. That's a little racist. Um, yeah. 
they didn't care about my English grades, which of course, you know, I wanted to be a writer. So, so I, you really I, let I, them I excelled. Down. Yeah, I let them down. Um, the second part. There was a what is something you know more about than the kid who gets the best grades in your class? <laughs> um, well, that kid probably studies a lot. That's true. And I figured out how to skim books really fast so that I could regurgitate that information on tests. It's kind of like cheating in life. Yeah. Yeah. Take, taking little shortcuts. <laughs> You're delightful. <laughs> Let's plug some of your stuff. Where can people find the Pink Line Project and all the other wonderful things that you do? <laughs> um, Pinklineproject.com. There you go. And uh, we've actually got a couple of really awesome summer events coming up. Um, I'm working with All Things Go um, to create a pretty cool, huge concert in a, in a raw venue, which is sort of my thing. Um, it's going to benefit Lifting Voices. And we've got the next Cuisine Contra coming up. It's a little higher ticket price, but it's actually going to be super awesome. Like I feel like it'll be worth it. You're enthused, and that makes me excited. Please, everybody, put your hands together for <laughs> Philippa Hughes, everybody. Do you want to get You, Me, Them, Everybody audio programming without even thinking about it? Do you use the fantastical Phonotronic Audiograph program, iTunes? Have we got a solution for you? Subscribe to You, Me, Them, Everybody. Go to iTunes and search You, Me, Them, Everybody. Or do it the lazy way. Go to YouMeThemEverybody.com and hit the big subscribe and iTunes button. That's YouMeThemEverybody.com. It's the bee's knees. Coming to... Coming to the stage, one of the funniest people in Washington, D.C. and the greater eastern coast. That doesn't make sense. Please put your hands together, everybody, for Aaron Jackson. Was that Jesus Christ? Yes. <laughs> My mother's always telling me I need him. <laughs> I think Jesus is a female. Oh, her. I wish I had known Jesus was going to be here. I would have worn my spanks. What's going on, you guys? Yes, I'm excited to be here, man. I, uh, I'm just going to start telling you about myself. This is kind of like a therapy session. Um, I suck at love and relationships. I suck at it. I date losers. Not on purpose, but pretty exclusively as it turns out. Uh, my last boyfriend, you guys, broke up with me on Facebook through a relationship status update. That happened. Yeah, he just changed it from in a relationship to single and thought that was going to be the end of it. I was like, dude, you realize you still fucking live here, right? I can see you. <laughs> You can't just sit on the sofa and dump me on my Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> Least you could do is go down to Starbucks and dump me from there. Have some respect. You know? The worst part about the Facebook breakup, you guys, is that on Facebook, you guys know, if you want to link your profile with someone else to show that you're together, like both people have to confirm that they are in the relationship. right? But there is zero cooperation required for the breakup, which I think is shady. Like, I feel like, I feel like Facebook should add a breakup notification. That's only fair. I deserve at least a pop-up. In this situation, right? Something like, hey, Aaron, Kevin would like to end this relationship. And then I could either like a approve or ignore, right? And I'd be like, nah, Facebook, you tell Kevin we still go together. Because rent is due. Yeah. Yeah, I'm single, though. I'm in my 30s. Uh, I'm an only child and I don't have any kids. My mom blames comedy for all of that. You know, the other day, she's like, Aaron, I know what your problem is. Think about it. What kind of man? is going to want to marry a woman who is out of town three weekends a month. 
I was like, uh, I'm guessing any man, actually. Wow. 38 years of marriage, I'm sure daddy wishes you had a few road gigs every now and then. The travel is not the issue. It's the first bullet point of my flyer, actually. <laughs> But it sucks. Like, I'm at the point in my life where, like, I'll, I'll actually, like, I'm tired of being single. Like, I'll be walking down the street, and I'll see a pregnant woman, and I'll get a little jealous. You know, I'll look at her, and I'll be like, wow, she had sex this year. And I get a little jealous because <laughs> it's June, and I haven't done that yet. I was at the doctor recently, and he was like, Miss Jackson, can you tell me what form of birth control you're currently using? And I was like, sure, doc. Right now, I'm using the no penis method. It's... <laughs> It's not a lot of fun, but it is very effective. <laughs> in fact, I was reading in a book last weekend that it's only failed once. <laughs> see, you guys see what I did there? See how I did that? That was cool, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been through a lot of bad breakups uh, in my life. One good thing I've learned about a bad breakup is that it can also be the start of a really great impromptu diet. Some of you ladies maybe know what I'm talking about. Right, I was with a guy a couple years ago. He cheated on me, so we broke up. But I got depressed, and I stopped eating. I lost almost 10 pounds in a month without even trying. Yeah, I was like, man, it sucks that he slept with that other woman, and that breakup was brutal. But if I take him back, we can break up three more times. I could be high school skinny by 4th of July. Yeah. Um, this happened. My birthday was in March, and my big plan for my birthday, I don't know if you, you know this about black people, but uh, we're jumping out of planes now. Like, I wanted to go skydiving. That's my big plan, is we're doing it now in 2011. <laughs> but here's the thing, like a week before my birthday, I go to the skydiving place to get all the information, and the guy looks at me, and he asks me what I weigh, and he says, well, we could let you jump. But we're gonna need to add a surcharge, he tells me, because I'm a little puffy. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm not paying a fat tax on my birthday. You know, and, and what's the surcharge for, right? Either I'm too heavy to jump or I'm not. What's the surcharge? He's like, well, man, when you're, when you're overweight, when you fall in this range, it adds stress to the tandem jumper. It adds stress to the guy strapped to your back. And I'm like, what do you mean stress? Like, it's physically going to harm him? <laughs> or he's at home, like, pacing the night before, like, oh, I'm just going to be strapped to this fat bitch tomorrow. I'm so stressed out. Because you know, <laughs> I'm willing to pay for one but not the other. You understand that? <laughs> that was my diet rock bottom. I'm like, really? I'm too fat to pay someone to let me almost die? I have to do something about this, you know? Like, that was it. Like, tons of things that have happened in my life should have been my diet rock bottom, but weren't. Yeah. Like, uh, last year, I sat on my sofa, and one afternoon, I ate an entire one-pound bag of peanut M&Ms by myself. Yeah. And then I convinced myself that it was okay, because they were the pink ones where a portion of the proceeds goes to breast cancer <laughs> research. Talked myself completely out of the guilt. I was like, no, Aaron, you're not a fat ass. You are a philanthropist. You are making a difference, keep eating till you find a cure. That's the stuff that happened in my brain. <laughs> it's all lies. And I, uh, I, I went into an Abercrombie and Fitch the other day um, for the first time. That was a huge mistake uh, based on everything I've already said so far. Um, <laughs> you understand that was a huge mistake. Here's the thing. I, I've been walking past that store in malls for years. I knew it was clothing. I knew it was like trendy stuff, but I didn't know exactly what they sold. Because like whenever you walk by, they had the shutters closed. What the fuck is that about? So... I go in, I learn two very important things. The first thing I learn is that you have to wear a size invisible to shop at that store. And there's nothing in there for me, though. But the second thing I learn is that they don't sell black clothing, which I thought was very odd. I thought black's a pretty basic color. But I asked a sales girl for help looking for a black cotton T-shirt. And she was like, ew. Yeah, sorry. Um, we don't sell anything black here. 
And I didn't hear her properly, so I was like, you don't tell to who, bitch? The guy's ready to fight her. But then I realized what she said was not racist. But uh, in the back of my mind, it was weird. Like, in the back of my mind, I was like, I think I'm still supposed to notify someone. Like, I black man, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't have my Negro rule book, though, so I let it slide. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a foul. But I realized, look, there's nothing in this store to fit me. They don't have what I came for. So I start walking towards the door to leave. As I'm doing that, the manager comes over to me. He's like, ma'am, I overheard that conversation. And I wanted to let you know, in case it makes you feel better, that we don't carry purple either. I was like, uh, no, Dalton, that doesn't make me feel better. I was about to give you a pass so that we don't sell black thing. But now you're telling me you don't carry the color purple either? Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, I have to report this. <laughs> Got to a fight with my dentist recently. I went in for a crown, and I don't know many of you guys have ever been through this process, but the fight started when he pulls out this uh, shade chart they use to help match the crown to your teeth. right? But he points to a color square that looks like Mountain Dew. And he's like, yeah, Miss Jackson, I think this is about right. Any lighter than this, and it's going to be way too white. I was like, dude, I paid for a root canal and a crown out of my pocket. If I want the whitest tooth on that chart, you can put it in my goddamn mouth, right? <laughs> Plus, you don't know, maybe my plan was to get one super white tooth, right? And then encourage the rest of my teeth to try harder, like apply themselves, you know? <laughs> Kept going, no, Miss Jackson, any lighter than that, and it's not going to fit in. He said, like, we're integrating a neighborhood or a school system <laughs> or something. I'm like, it's a porcelain cap. It's not West Side Story in my mouth. Like, I don't know if your white tooth is going to get along with the rest of your Puerto Rican teeth. I don't know. Gosh, I um, leave you with these last thoughts. I, I, I don't know how many of you guys do. Any of you guys have kids? We're a young group, hip. You don't have kids. You're smart enough not to have kids, right? No. Just kidding. I, um, I don't have kids. I hear people say this all the time. People will say, uh, our children are our future. You know, the kids are our future. And that's meant to inspire us and give us hope for the future. I understand that, right? But every now and then... <laughs> You guys, I, I run into a child uh, that I hope doesn't make it <laughs> into the future. I was in a Subway sandwich shop recently. Uh, I'm in line by a young kid. Uh, he was ordering a turkey sandwich verbatim. This is what he said. Uh, uh, yeah, yo, let me get some lettuce and some tomato. Yeah, let me get some peppers and some onions. And let me get some of them little black motherfuckers too. It's a direct quote. Yeah. All I could do was lower my head and, and, and pray. I was like, dear God, please pardon my language, but could there please be a new condiment at Subway called Little Black Motherfuckers? Because, dear God, if I open my eyes and he is pointing at the olives, probably going to die. Yeah, I uh, see stuff like that all the time. It's, like, it's, it's funny to me as a comedian, but as a person, it makes me sad for our future. Like I was in a CVS recently. There was a young girl ringing me up. The total of the items that I purchased came to $3.85. And I gave her four bucks. She rang me up, looked down the drawer, and with a straight face said, sorry, but we ain't got no dimes. And then she called for the next customer. Like, that was the end of the transaction. Like, <laughs> like I was going to leave without my change because dimes is the only way you could get to 15. Like, she was, <laughs> she was done. Like, I was like, all right, hon. Oh. You don't got no dimes. Are, are there nickels and pennies in your drawer, though? I lied to you not. She looked back down and was like, yeah, why? <laughs> That's the whole joke. That's the, <laughs> just, I hope she doesn't make it. Yes, okay. Thank you guys very much. That's it for me. I'm Aaron done. Jackson.
Aaron, sit down. Sit down. Bring the mic. Bring the mic. Oh. Bring the mic. I love your name. Is your name Aaron? Yeah. That's how did I guess that? How are you doing? I'm great. When did you decide to be a stand-up? Um, I'm still deciding whether or not I want to do it now. I um, I, I uh, gosh, about seven and a half years ago. Oh, oh, well, that's a long time. Yeah. What did your parents think of this decision? They hate it. That makes sense. They hate it. When did black people decide to jump out of planes? Um, January twenty-third. That was a good date. <laughs> What's your goal? Do you want to be a stand-up? Do you want to be a writer? I want to play professional football, but I don't think they're going to let me. What team would you play for? The Eagles. Why? Because I am a diehard Eagle fan. I'm Why? a South Jersey girl. I, I was born into it. I have a huge family. Like all my family's from South Jersey, Camden, and uh, and uh, I have uh, 13 aunts and like uncles. A Giants fan or a Jets fan? No, South Jersey, South okay. Jersey, Camden, like on the border of Philly, like across the water. Got it. So uh, 13 aunts and uncles, 50 first cousins, and we like the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have a choice in it. What position would you play? I would play them all. <laughs> Actually, would like to have would... eleven children so I could make my own team. I don't know if you could do that. I'm sure on fertility yeah, meds you could do that. You could do that. It's not legal, but you could do that. It's not legal to have eleven children. Octomom's uh, guy got uh, his license rejected or revoked. So yeah, you could have eleven kids, but good luck having eleven football. Maybe players. like five and then six. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Good luck with the whole uterus thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. It's like I have a job. Or Thanks for being funny. We're going to end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions. It's okay. an awful, awful, awful book. I need okay. you to pick a number between 43 and 240. Uh, 10. We're out of 10, and it's 43 to 240. Oh, what did you say? Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't listening. 41. No, I'm okay. Um, 45. Fantastic. We actually have that one. If you could change one thing about your parents, what would it be? they would give me more money <laughs> no they're pretty great you know what because the way that they are um, makes my job easier if they went along with it I wouldn't have anything to talk about on stage so I'm, I'm grateful for them time for plugs where can people find you online you, you are all across this great nation yes I, uh, I'm on the road a lot so check erinjackson.net uh, oh, where am I looking yeah I might be in your city your, your city <laughs> Or whatever, um, but I'm online. Uh, I'm going. I'm doing a TV thing in a couple weeks out in LA. So that'll be it's um it's a it's a new show. It's not in every market. I don't know if we have it here, but it's a it's a new stand up show that Byron Allen is doing. He has a lot of late night programming. On yeah, his own. yeah. But it's not Comics Unleashed. It's a new stand up show um, that they're doing. It's so hard for me not to make fun of that show. Yeah, right now. St- Comics Unleashed. Oh, I know. But don't. So don't. Don't, because I need him to pay me. I know. But it's actually a stand-up show, so it's not going to be the tossing people their jokes and kind of thing. It's actually just stand-ups run after Heard another. you went to a subway recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Jackson, everybody. AaronJackson.net. Yay. You, Me, Them, Everybody presents Sabado Gigante, Saturday, June 25th. We're throwing a party, and we're bringing back all our favorite guests. Broadcasting from Esmeralda's house, a show so gigante, we're going 10 hours. Don't miss Sabado Gigante, Saturday, June 25th. For more details, check out youmethemeverybody.com. Come in the stage, something I really don't know about and I won't vouch for it yet. Please put your hands together for Trails. Thank you, Brandon, but we're not called Trails. We're called Trails with three Zs. This is Brad. I'm JX. What up, dogs? This is our first song. It's called Abysmal of America. Go. Go.
fucking go. Lions on the film, but the film don't lie. Orange Julius Caesar cries at two brute. Ball Mall of America, the Mall of America, et tu, Brute. Food Court of Appeals in the Mall of America. Check. I could eat your pussy all day. I could eat your pussy till your friends think I'm gay. Button on your thighs, gnawing on your clit. Two fingers up your ass, scooping up. Dude, that's the Dude, new that's the new write, hot shit, man. I write the words. This is my fucking stage. If you don't like it, get the fuck off of it. Okay? Dude, I'm sorry. It's just like, you know, this first is, fucking That was hot, it. right? Am I right? That was yeah, fucking that was the hot. blog tep Look. step fucking techno shit right there, Look. man. That was the old school R&B like pony, ride that pony. Yes. Shit. Right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I w- I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to redo the song. Okay, if you guys could uh, rewind the tapes and uh, if you could announce this again, that'd be wonderful. Just so we can take it from the beginning, okay? Sorry, sorry. Do it clean this time. You got it. Clean. Clean as a whistle, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, Trails. Thank you, Brandon. But we are not called Trails. We are called Trails with three Zs. This is Brad. I am JX. Abysmal of America. Go. The lion's on the film, but the film don't lie. Orange Julius Caesar cries at too brute. Food court of appeals in the Mall of America at too brute. Food court of appeals in the Mall of America. Uh, Go. You can lick my ice cream cone. Bend me over table and give my hair a comb. Call me on the phone. Bring, bring. It's ringing in my tum. You stuck it in my bum while I was lying on the ground. And I was prone. Dude. What the fuck? That is possibly more disturbing than the dirty version. I didn't curse, right? Jesus. Dude, listen. Did you have a phone in your ass in that verse? Dude, look it up, man. Fucking get on the internet. Do you want to try this one more time? Look, dude, look, here's the thing. J Dog, you haven't left the house for weeks. You've just been, like, moping around ever since Lady, I mean, Stephanie left you. And all you've been doing is sitting around in your aunt's basement playing around on fucking GarageBand. Dude, GarageBand is wonderful software. That is true. Apple makes excellent products. That's a good point. They make elegant designed things. I admit that. So don't denigrate GarageBand. But okay? there, there are people in the world here who want to party. They don't want to. They don't want to be <laughs> depressed anymore. They want to. Do you know what I mean? Look, dude? our music is not about partying. It is about bringing the message to the children. Okay. It's not about partying. It's not about having fun. It's not about dancing or anything like that. So let's just do this last song and get out of here. The song is called I Am Made of Dancing. 
Dude, I promise. I'll do it right this time. You sure? I don't know. I am made of dancing lights. You are made of raging seas. We are made of falling rays. We are catching horse disease. I am made of other things. You are made of other things. Something else is happening. I am made of other things. Something is lyrics are coming out of my mouth. Something is happening and now it's on the seventh out. Dude. Armpit cunts! I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, Look, you, that's are it. You do- Stop. That's it. Are you done? Are we done? Yes. We're done. We're done now. Trails with three Z's, huh? Asshole. Thanks, guys. Yep, that happened. What's your name again, really quick? No, I know the band name. What's your name, really quick? Brad. Brad, why did you decide to spray paint PBR on your hat when you could just get, like, a free PBR hat? Double post-irony. Double post-irony. And how do you catch a horse disease? Well, I hope I never see them again. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash youmethemeverybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at the Hungry Brain, go to youmethemeverybody.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Justin Jones.
That was great. You're going to play one more, but before you do, I wanted to plug. You have a show coming up June 18th, which is a Saturday at SoFar DC, number five at the Dunes Gallery. All that info can be found at justin-jones.com. Will you do one more? I will do one more. Fantastic. Justin. So that was a song that I wrote for my wife because uh, I'm not in town a lot. Aaron was talking about how guys don't like girls that go out of town a lot. Girls don't like guys that go out of town a lot either. (laughs) But she's kind of stuck with that right now. This next song has nothing to do with that. (laughs) Actually, I I meant to... I got this harmonica that sounds like an accordion. (laughs) And I never really get to play it, so I just uh, wanted to go...
Justin was great. Justin Jones, justin-jones.com. 
Aaron Jackson, Philippa Hughes, they were fan- fantastic guests. They were fantastic. Fantastic. I wanted to thank British Young Things and Vitamin Water. Without them, we couldn't do it. Uh, that, that's a, that's sincere. So thanks to British Young Things. They're fantastic for people. I want to thank everyone that actually helped out with this show, too. I want to thank Kale. I want to thank Peter. I want to thank PJ. I want to thank Rashid. I want to thank Allison. I want to thank Eric. I want to thank Nathan. I want to thank the other cameraman who I forgot his name, so I feel like a real dick. Sorry, buddy. I want to thank the crowd. And uh, for you listener at home in your iPod or watching this on a computer, thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, and have a wonderful night. I wish there was music so this would be less awkward.